Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Boo, I'm Roseanne. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I am your mistress of the dark, Barb Hardly. And uh, over here is uh, my... the. Uh, the 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 Jackie to my Roseanne, Ethan K. <laughs> Hi, Ethan. Hey, Barb. I'm happy uh, to be the Jackie to your Roseanne. Uh, well, and also just you know, I am a little bit discombobulated for a number of reasons. Uh, the most staggering one being my beauty. Ethan, you, compliment uh, me on my look. Barb, you're looking fantastic tonight. And if you are not Ooh. watching us on YouTube, you are missing out on this 1960s Catwoman Felicia Hardy Ooh. look. This, this incredible is... uh, platinum Bar- blonde hair, sequin dress. Oh, uh, my God. Well, let's... I'll diamond stand. necklace. Oh God, I'm saying I... diamonds. Yeah. Just... Ooh, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yes, I um have styled my very first wig. Um... <sighs> wigs are my uh blind spots but i did spend hours styling this which sure because ethan it was originally just straight it was flat so oh so you had to so, play yeah, around so it and tease it up well and also like there's just solid chunks like this is <laughs> <laughs> you just you that's what you kind of have to do is just drench it in a uh, hairspray and pray um and then it malleable yes so I, because I was, spent so much time trying to look this gorgeous, I um, don't have any notes or don't have a script. We so have a couple notes. it's we have a couple the, scripts. That... The scariest uh, episode of all is what are we doing? Well, hey. <laughs> let's level set real quick and say that this is the '90s episode of our top-rated sitcoms for each decade, and it's mm-hmm. also the the Halloween episode because we, we we wanted to make it kind of difficult for ourselves where <laughs> not only did we find the top rated sitcom of each uh, of each decade, we wanted to find a Halloween episode and we also didn't want to do Bill Cosby. Well, and luckily, so I think it, we had to avoid that in the 80s, 90s, we were good. Um, but the number one sitcom of the 90s is Seinfeld, which does not have a Halloween episode. And then I think it goes Friends. Friends' Halloween episode is in 2001, so therefore not eligible. Um, not 90s. And then it's Roseanne and Home Improvement. So in Home Improvement, I have actually done a Halloween episode of that show on this podcast. So Roseanne. So let's <laughs> let's dig into Roseanne. Have you done Roseanne on the podcast before I joined oh, we've, done, we've done it a couple of times. Not, I don't okay. think you've ever talked about it, but we've done it I a haven't couple talked of times. Have you talked about all the scandals? Oh, no. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> Roseanne, Roseanne, you know, people like to act like Roseanne just started wilding out recently. Girl's been, mm-hmm. 
girl's been a toxic fave for a very long time it's just she used uh, to be she used to be toxic like on the liberal side and like and now she's flipped she's conservative and toxic so it's hard it's very hard to say where she's at right now um I I have a list of all the things that she's been in the news for, aside from her work, listed by date. So we might get to go through that a little bit later. And this is all from publicly available sources, um, maybe with a little commentary, but this is just... Her her writer's room was also notoriously combustible, and she would just hire, fire, hire, fire, just like revolving door. But one thing about about her show was she did give a lot of women... Mm -hmm. uh, a foot in the door to the industry and for the and for example this episode itself that we're going to do uh Written trick by... me up trick me drown d- d- um w- trick me up trick me, trick me down, down was written <laughs> by amy sherman paladino who mm-hmm. was writer creator and producer of gilmore girls and the marvelous mrs Maisel. Yes. So, you know, uh, Roseanne, she took risks. I mean, she really just hired anyone like that started. It started to become a problem later on. <laughs> it became a problem kind of early on with uh, her hiring of her, her husband, Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold as a writer and an actor. <laughs> we can get through all this. There's so much story. There's so much things well, going on. Let's begin by just talking about Halloween. Uh, Ethan, have you watched anything spooky? I have watched, if you have not watched, people at home, if you have not watched The Fall of the House of Usher Mm. on Netflix, it is, I know I've crowed about Mike Flanagan's work before, but this is like a masterpiece. It is eight episodes of just unbelievably good horror television with a ton of, a ton of references to Edgar Allan Poe stories, short stories, even his one novel, um, events in his life. It is mm. Easter eggs paradise. Mike Flanagan loves doing that kind of stuff. Uh, it's on Netflix. It just dropped, I want to say, like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and also um, homosexuals out there. Uh, if you've always been flirting with having a massive crush on Bruce Greenwood, you're going to. And then the mustache, the salt and pepper hair. The then you're going to stop having a crush on him, and you're going to have a crush on Raul Coley. Oh yeah, also handsome. But I have a type. Let's be honest. I know your type. (laughs) Oh, Um, she just wants men with money. (laughs) Um, Then you need to watch the show and see what happens to all of his money. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I've been watching something that you would be interested in. I think. Ooh, okay. Spooky on Hulu, living for the dead, hunty. Ooh, okay. Do you know anything about living for the dead? No, uh, the, but it's <laughs> the producers of Queer Eye. So I mean, it is a bizarre premise. So it's five queer, uh, paranormally inclined pr- or paranormal professionals go to from place to place that's haunted and like try to like heal the area and then also like heal the people that are being haunted but they're all fierce and sassy and i mean it's from the queer it's literally queer yeah. eye meets ghost hunters but it feels a lot like live action scooby-doo because queer i mean eye for it's the dead guy yes it's it's it is really so like you know there's a like there's a, a witch who's like uh really a really cool lesbian and then there's like a tech girl and then there's a gay um tarot dude who always wears a bowler hat glasses and a beard and i do think he might i might have a crush on him you know what i don't know is it like um, they, are they going for like a steampunk yeah, he's thing? he's very okay. steampunk which is not not my aesthetic <laughs> But not a deal breaker, uh, by no. any stretch of the imagination. And then there's a uh, really, just a really flamboyant medium. Like it's it's really wild. It is, but I mean, also like it gets really emotional and, because like a lot of people, you know, like I just watched one where they went to a uh, a theater in Kentucky, like a stage theater, and yeah. they're like. It was really sweet because one of the old theater directors had recently passed and they felt like he, 
basically they were like it feels like he well all the employees basically say he always wanted to do drag but he was always afraid of, like he this is kentucky uh so he never really did it and then they were like if if he was gonna do drag his name was gonna be polar vortex and so uh -huh. then like the ghost hunters like like they had they gather everyone and they make like a slideshow of like old-timey drag artists old photos of the theater and then photos of him and they set up one of those they had this little like an rem meter or something that is basically like you know blink once for yes blink two so how they can talk to the yeah. ghosts and it would yeah. light up every single time a photo of him would appear and so it oh. was like but it was so sweet uh yeah but anyway living for the dead and fall of the house of usher get into it <laughs> must have now tv yeah uh and but this week oh god look at my hair sorry i'm just beautiful <laughs> um anyway uh this week we're actually gonna be traveling to october 29th 1991 1991 I got it. Yes, that was memory. Uh, Terminator 2 ruled the box office, which is plot relevant. And uh, some song I've actually don't think I've ever heard of was what was it? Romantic like, by Karen White. What I'm is not familiar that? with it. But if you is if she you're my in the, cousin, if you were in the UK, uh, the fly by U2 was the top song. OK, which also that didn't chart in America. And also, this on the same day, the American Galileo spacecraft um, made its closest approach to 951 Gaspara, the first making it the first probe to ever visit an asteroid. Oh wow! And that's where they got Armageddon from. But here in America, we were all we, watching Roseanne. We were all watching Roseanne episode "Trip Me Up, Trip Me Down." It's from season four, and it is. The episode sixth, six. sixth episode of season four. Remember how I didn't have time to write a script? Uh, and uh, oh, and I don't know how they describe it, but I will say, like a lot of episodes of Roseanne, the plot of this episode doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> there really was no plot for it. Um, well, that's and that is also so like general feelings about Roseanne. That is the vibe with a lot of Roseanne is it's kind of just we're dropping in for 30 minutes of time with the Connors. Now I do believe you usually ask, you have to have seen trick me up, trick me down before. Yes. And I realized that I had watched the opening before I had watched oh, the first yeah. half of this episode at some time in the past. Um, but I, I didn't watch the second half where it really gets juicy it's we got going. some great, we got some great celebrity cameos, or before they were celebrity, before cameos. they were celebs. Well, so were you allowed to watch Roseanne? Because I was not. I was. We were not a big sitcom family. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, and which is ironic, considering that we're doing this show. Um, but I was very familiar with Roseanne. It was part of the zeitgeist when I was, you know, nine through. 15 16 or so um yeah, so everyone I mean, I and, was, yeah. and, and if you didn't know the show she was in the news starting in 1990 for her rendition of the national anthem oh girl <laughs> <laughs> uh she was asked to sing the national anthem at a baseball game and uh sang a fairly off-key screechy version which, which she I mean, what what did they expect? Were they expecting Whitney Houston vocals? I don't think so. Uh, to which afterwards she spit and grabbed her crotch. In her in, in her defense, she said that she was trying that the speakers were really bad. She she was having a hard time keeping a tune because the speakers were so bad, and she pretended to do a a baseball spit grab the crotch thing afterwards. Yeah, yo, uh, yeah, clearly. That's not what America saw. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, like, kind of no matter what, spitting and grabbing your crotch, baseball reference or no, after singing this national anthem, it's probably going to rub some people the wrong way. She, but she was a known quantity. Um, she had done at least two specials, I, I think, before she got picked up for the show. 
Um, she developed the character of Roseanne, the domestic goddess, mm -hmm. which was kind of uh, housewife humor. She had been married twice. Yeah, she'd been she'd been married at least once, and she had I think three kids. Um, and I I should have written these down. Um, but <laughs> DJ, she, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, she, had, she, had, she had three kids. Um. Uh, grew up uh, in a Jewish family with uh, a gay brother and a lesbian sister. The lesbian right. sister ended up suing her for um, eight figures, uh, saying that she uh, helped her develop the character uh, of Roseanne Connor, the domestic goddess, and she should be part of the prophets. The statute of limitations uh, expired and she got nothing. Oh, gotta love sisterly love. <laughs> yes. Um, but she uh she she was known as a stand-up. She was a known quantity as a stand-up. Um when the amazing duo of Carsey Werner, Marcy Carsey mm, yes. and Tom, Tom Werner, Werner. You might remember them from our episode of Oh Madeline. They were producers right. of Oh Madeline. They uh, were uh sitcom icons in terms of producing. And they still are. Um, they did Cosby, but they did A Different World, Grace <laughs> Under Fire, Third Rock, that 70s show. Mm -hmm. And they've come back to do uh, that 90s show, Carsey Werner. They approached uh, Matt Williams, uh, who's the, the the creator of the show, to come up with a a show with a mother as as the central voice, a working mother, as opposed to a lot of the other sitcoms that mom was just at home taking yeah. care of kids she was not a working person roseanne was um they they hesitate to say the word blue collar but it was mom was working dad was working um later in the in the series they 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 uh dan and roseanne open a motorcycle maintenance shop oh yeah she works Roseanne's at the lunchbox for a while in, exactly and she still works she changes at, jobs a lot so does jackie the sister mm -hmm. she's thing. a truck driver in this era but it takes place in unspecified Illinois. Well, it's uh, Lan Lansing. Wait, no, no, no. Got Lanford. Lanford, which yes. is not a real place. Yes. <laughs> um, so the show, I mean, the show lasted a long, it's, it lasted oh. nine seasons. And it goes wild in that last season. Yeah. When so, they, the whole winning the lottery, a uh, lot, just a lot of stuff happening. Also, like, chill so also it then gets when it gets when it got rebooted or revived very distinct uh thing um like they didn't revive it picking up where season nine left off they like revived it to where like season six or seven because jackie's kid disappears um <laughs> like the youngest connor kid jerry named after jerry garcia is like mentioned halfway in one of the first episodes of the revival and then never again so it is like the the continuity of roseanne is uh a mess the the final episode of season nine roseanne reveals that in the entire season nine up well, back to a point was fiction written by her to cope with the death of her husband dan <laughs> yeah, yeah very dark and depressing yes so the series gets the series gets canceled. Um, but. Uh, then Roseanne it, has a show about uh, nut farming. Yes, she did a, a uh, with a her thing. boyfriend of, of macadamia nut farming in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. uh, did not do did not do great. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, 2017 uh, did an eight episode revival. Um, and then uh, they shot they were shopping Which it around. Yeah, they, in 2018, the Connors came. Well, Roseanne came back as Roseanne. And, and it uh, it lasted. I mean, it was very successful, but then she. Air quote, she, took some Ambien, made some tweets, you know, Roseanne's going to Roseanne. She made uh, some tweets about <laughs> uh, former Valerie well, Jarrett. Why do I remember the details? Valerie Jarrett. This was. 2018, she was a senior advisor to Obama, and she said, uh, I made racist comments about her. Yeah, really in fun, really fun stuff. 
in 2016, she she came out and said, I am pro Trump. Yeah, she had been very liberal up until that point. Um, I believe that she even said at one point that uh, she um, she had a, a, a pilot in 2011 that got dropped, which she said because of her progressive politics. Yeah. Yet five years later, she's supporting Donald Trump and typing cool. racist things on. Twitter. And this is the whole wild thing about her becoming a like mascot of the right, because it's like, do we not remember the whole American flag thing? It's just like they like the right is so desperate to have any celebrities. They're just like, oh, oh, you're on our time. Okay, good. We got you. Yay, we have one. You know, it's yeah. very weird. Uh so if if we go back just a little bit, uh 2009, uh she posed she did an article for Heb magazine, which is a, a Jewish publication, dressed as Hitler. Dressed as Hitler. Yes, I, my notes need to be burned after this because the words yeah, this Nazis, is Hitler, and Trump well, are this all is, over it. This is James uh, Wan's The Conjuring happening right now. So, <laughs> so she, summoning something. The the publisher said, "Oh, this was her idea, and we went along with it." And everyone's like, "No, that's it's not a good idea." <laughs> 2014, uh, Trayvon Martin shooting. Uh, she had to apologize for doxing uh, George Zimmerman's parents by posting their home address and phone number on uh, online. Where? Tweeted it. <laughs> Just having... uh, to which their their house got mobbed by angry people. I think the to internet was a bad thing for Roseanne. Roseanne Barr should have thing. never gotten the internet. 2018. Uh, the Parkland shooting, uh, she posted that one of the survivors was making uh, uh, Nazi gestures, oh, which yeah. is uh, uh, which is not true. Um, also in 2018, we had the Valerie Jarrett tweet. Also in 2018, um, she posted the conspiracy that George Soros uh, helped Nazis get Jews into camps. Right. Which is not true. He was 14. Um and then on a in 2023, uh, she had a lot of really awful things to say on a different podcast about Jews. She is Jewish and very proudly Jewish, but she said many um, fun, very, very nasty things. Uh, going back to 1991, uh, she accused her parents of molestation, which she then All rescinded right. after All they right. lawyered up. Well, and um, then there's a whole, there's actually like an arc in Roseanne about them having to deal with their father being abusive. Yeah. It's like a whole, and it's very, Roseanne, that was the thing, it's like Roseanne was a good show that actually like tackled a lot of very um, important topics. Uh, and, and it was things the other shows were skirting around or not talking about it. Um, having, it, it was, it was uh, reflecting her growing up with a gay brother and a lesbian sister. Yeah. That was part of the plot of Roseanne. I mean, you know, Roseanne gave me gay Martin Mull in forever. Yeah. I will be grateful for that one thing. Uh, <laughs> but um, this is a Halloween episode and Halloween episodes <laughs> are iconic for Roseanne. This was a really good one. And I'm, I'm off my soapbox, like listing all the bizarre, <laughs> awful things she has done. It's like this you're a court like, stenographer. I know. This is like Life with Luigi, where we're like, we don't endorse the person, but we have to do the show. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and yeah, she's I mean, she's. You know what? She's she's who she is. I don't know. Uh, but she, so the episode opens fired, with. But she, real quick, <laughs> to end the story, she was fired from the Roseanne uh, reimagining. The rest of the cast did so well that it spun off into the Connors, which, which is, is still the same going. show. Yeah, it's still going. Same show and without her doing great. I will also say so, like, I was, I covered, obviously at work, I covered Roseanne, the revival, and then I covered all the news leading up to the Connors. And then, like, so when the Connors was coming out, like, ABC, it was, like, it was a huge controversy, huge deal. Like, what is Roseanne without Roseanne going to be like? Like, it was op-eds, pundits, like, it was wild. And But ABC invited, like, a handful of critics to come to ABC HQ to sit in a private viewing room to watch 
the first episode of the Connors. Like they weren't sending out screeners. Like if you wanted to review it, you had to be in the know. And who was one of the ladies that got oh, to go? Uh, it was great. It was really It was I was I was honored to be. I mean, I was sitting next to Matt Roush from TV Guide that I like grew up reading. And it's oh. it so wild. Um, and I liked the, the first Connors episodes. So anyway, anyway, let's this episode to- starts with. And it's very like inexplicable, like one of Roseanne's friends, uh, Knox, comes in. It's close to Halloween. She can't find anyone in the house. She wanders into the kitchen and finds Dan disemboweled on the dining room table. Yes, the the friend is played by Megan Fay. It's a character named Kathy Bowman. She was introduced this season as the nosy neighbor that um, that Roseanne didn't like. She was only in, I think, four episodes. She did not do a lot, but she has the wherewithal to enter someone's home unbidden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at, yes, and she finds Dan guts out, and, and it, as she turns around. There's Roseanne. There's Roseanne. She's like, I should have, like, I should have learned the first time. Yeah, like, God, she I can't remember what she said. Uh, but she basically is like, Yeah, you know, Becky's dad. Yeah, him. <laughs> Killed him too. Uh, yeah, she yeah. says, She says, just like gutting a fish. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like, remember, this is what, 8 p.m. on ABC on a Tuesday night. And it's like, well, here's John Goodman's guts out, you know, like, <laughs> dead man well, breathing you know he's alive <laughs> i think it also says something about roseanne connor as a neighbor that her neighbor thought it was real <laughs> like really like yeah from judging by the reaction she was like oh yeah it totally actually does make sense that roseanne would kill dan like that's the vibe i get the other 364 a year so dan stands up and holds his liver up and Kathy Bowman runs out of the house screaming, said, you people are sick. And then Roseanne says, happy Halloween. And Dan says, people get so ticked off every time we do this. And then Roseanne goes, when will we learn? And we get to the, the opening <laughs> credits. <laughs> Saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the table, you know, it's a. Uh, so what was your relationship with Halloween and pranks? Because sitcom characters love pranking out. They love pumpkin. They love pranking, especially at Halloween. And it gets elaborate. I have never in my life done any of this. And I, no, I, ha- I love Halloween. Halloween's, Halloween's a, ho- a holiday for greed. You go out and you get candy. And you amass as much candy as you can amass in one evening. Mm. While it is still, uh, while the lights are still on, on the porches, that's what you do. As we learned last week, there are rules to remain safe. (laughs) Uh, How about you? Like, you didn't do pranks. You weren't a prankers. No, no, I never have. I've never pranked. I will say, like, now that we have a back patio, I really, really, really do want to do, like, a Tim the Toolman Taylor style haunted house like thing situation would be amazing because i would love that um have not done it because my crippling depression and potential over medication to course correct that has made it to where i don't really care about nothing (laughs) your executive Um, dysfunction is taking a little siesta so you know uh maybe sometime but i mean honestly like i would love to move to the suburbs and just be i mean imagine this Greeting yeah. the children come into the basement. Oh, <laughs> not that part. The only the that only is the weird thing I about ever... that's the weird thing about '90s sitcoms is they're always bringing the kids into the house. Which it's like I don't think they'd do that. We never did that. We never did that. If if we knew the kids, we might like take a picture, but we'd like no, no, not really. And that was like, but the only trick that I ever knew was the day after Halloween. Whatever the day after trick-or-treating was that we'd be back at school, there'd be a lot of corn around the school where kids tic-tac, where they take the corn and they throw it at the school windows and it makes a little noise. And growing up in, you know, eastern Pennsylvania, where there's a lot of cornfields and people grew corn, 
uh, there was plenty of dry corn to go around to Tic Tac the school. Plenty of dry corn to go around. Corn. <laughs> Enough for the winner. Also, in the Connor household, they take Halloween very seriously. So, like the next morning, like getting ready for Halloween, I think, right? Like Becky doesn't want to do anything. Becky wants right? to go to a party. Becky's yeah. Becky's the oldest daughter, uh, played in this instance by uh, Alicia Gorenston. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to do nothing. And Roseanne's like, "Excuse me, in this family." I don't yeah. think so. Uh, and then a uh, little DJ played by Michael Fishman. Uh, comes out a director. Who comes out dressed as Alpha Alpha, but he wants to be Terminator. And now, like, these are both two very, very, very 1991 references because, like, the Little Rascals went through a resurgence in the early 90s. I remember it. It was on TV oh, God, yeah. quite a bit. One of my friends had a buckwheat calendar. Um, this I, this was probably around 1991. <laughs> there was a it was a, it was a whole thing. Uh, buckwheat. Uh, the character of buckwheat was used in a lot of like T-shirt advertising. Um, a lot of I don't know why it was just oh Tay right exactly. Jeez, um, uh, I, I do he, recall he uh, man woman I went, club. I went to school one time with my hair parted down the middle. And I gave myself the little um, cowlick uh, sticky cowlick in the back. And I don't know why I did it. I just decided to do it one day. Well, you know, a lot of us like making statements with our fashion. Exactly. You understand. <laughs> I know. People uh, he, does, he doesn't want to wear this. He wants to be the Terminator, which is the number one movie in America, obviously. He has, which, he has no idea who Alfalfa is. Yeah. I do want to point out this is back in the day when sitcoms were filmed close enough to when they aired that you could make a reference like that. Like yeah. nowadays it would be a year. <laughs> I miss and Darlene, the middle child doesn't want to do anything. She just wants to stay at home. And they say, uh, and Roseanne says, don't you just love Halloween? And she, and she says, I used to, I used to do a lot of things. I used to want to marry Scott Bayo. <laughs> Now no one wants to marry Scott Bayo. Well, Sarah Gilbert's a lesbian, and Scott Bayo, Scott Bayo, Roseanne, and Scott Bayo are aligned on the same team. Now. I don't. Know, there's a lot of layers to that. <laughs> so they do something that was kind of interesting that that uh, Dan is carving a pumpkin, mm -hmm. and they go through the entire process of carving the pumpkin, taking the top off, scooping out the guts. Jackie comes in and helps with the guts. It didn't feel like there were a lot of room for different takes oh yeah well that we're carving so like, a this pumpkin is what i think about with roseanne is roseanne so this is season four so she is a better actor um like you know she's not the funniest greatest actor ever but she's good but they smartly and they also did this with home improvement they took the stand-up and they paired them with john goodman and mm. uh, and fucking Lori Metcalf, you know, like there's like, well, let's get the two two best like improviser theater actors and like just have them go at it. And that that's what makes this show and like scenes like that just so like real and natural. And John could have been a done, done work before this. I, I remember he was the coach in Revenge of the Nerds. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, just uh, a great role for him. Uh, he was actually a criminal in the movie uh, The The Wrong Guys, which was a Louis Anderson, Richard Belzer uh, 
Richard Lewis comedy. That's a weird trio. <laughs> it had a, it had an amazing really cast. Up and down. It had an amazing cast of at uh, Fred Ward was in it. Ernie Hudson was in it. Ooh. I was like, wow, Franklin Ajay's in it, who I love. And I'm just like, it's it's not good. <laughs> and I asked, and I, I feel like I asked Ernie Hudson about it one time, and I'm like, oh, I I I I saw you in this. He's like, that was the first one they ever put us up in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so Jackie shows up. What does Jackie want? I mean, I know Jackie wants to know what Roseanne's being for Halloween, and Roseanne's yeah, she, like keeping it zipped because because Jackie went through a bout of loneliness mm-hmm. and called a whole bunch of ex boyfriends because she didn't want to be alone at the Elks Halloween party on Halloween. Uh, Which I mean, good on them for having somewhere to go on Halloween. I think this was a really neat touch that they that that their their big social uh circle, their big social area arena is the, an Elks Lodge. It, now, it feels very apropos. We have an Elks Lodge here in, in Westchester. Uh I don't know what they do. I, I'm 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 a rival uh <laughs> Masonic yeah. organization, but uh Good, good on them. It was a very hop in place when they do show it. But oh, she yeah. admits that she has called multiple ex-boyfriends. And for some of them, his mom picked up. The mom is, the mama's boy's mom picked up. Yeah. Um, or it could have been him. She was like, I don't actually know. Uh, another one she hung up on when he answered. One, you know, she left a message. But she's but, like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't need to go to the Elks Lodge with somebody. I will go as my beautiful self. And uh, wait, yeah, like she wants to know where Roseanne's going to be, and Roseanne doesn't tell her. But there was like a hint, right? There was like the hint a was belt. tubing. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's tubing involved, so you know it's going. Tubing. We just saw we just saw Dan with his guts all over a kitchen table, so they're going to up from there. Looking forward to it. Super excited. Yeah, is that? Then we go straight to the Elks Lodge, right? And we see Jackie's uh, well, costume. There's there's a there's a little bit of of a bit where Roseanne says ah, DJ I don't care what you what you do do what you want so he comes down at the end of the scene full Terminator gear but also with the alfalfa cow yeah still alfalfa yeah so he's the alfalfanator uh, which alfalfa. honestly creative go go for it kid yes yes uh, at the Elks Lodge uh, you know it's the night of the Halloween party and we open on Jackie is there in her costume with Crystal, Roseanne's friend, who's wearing the exact same thing, and they are dressed very much like that. Very much like I am right now, with the sleeves and the long sleeves and everything. Because this was my Morticia dress last year. (laughs) Jackie is dressed as Morticia, but Crystal says that she is dressed as Elvira, so there is no uh, costume overlap at all. Um, but Jackie still says they look like the Judds from hell. I love that might be my favorite line. We look like the Judds from hell. Love and that then, line. And then someone else comes in and says, oh, you both dressed as Cher. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought they were going to say, um, was it Crystal? Wa- no, Gail Waters. No, Gail. Crystal Who was Gale? the con- Crystal Gail, like the Gale. country singer with the long. He still has that long hair. Yeah, one of my friends, long black hair. Uh, one of my friends just saw them, just saw her uh, this past week. Well, work. Yeah, the Grand Old Opry. Crystal. I know yeah. it well. Uh, and then we, so then we find out what Roseanne's costume is. <laughs> because uh, but, but, well, you're, you're rushing the plot because you missed, uh, no. <laughs> missed out on Tom Arnold as the oh. ghost of Elvis Presley. Yeah, because they used to date. Well, in the on the they show, were they were married. You, oh, their characters were married. No, the characters weren't married. Tom Arnold. Oh, comedian, no. uh, comedian. I actually kind of respect the fact that he's gotten his 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 life together and that he is working constantly. Um, yes, he was dating Roseanne. He opened for Roseanne as a comedian. They started dating. Um, she brought him on as a writer for the writers' room. He was credited, I think, with four episodes of hmm. the show. But he came on as a character named Arnie, Tom Arnold as. It was like Arnie Thomas. Let me ch- mm-hmm. check real quick. Yeah, Arnie Thomas, which was someone that went to school with 
Roseanne and Jackie uh, for a while. And it is it is revealed that uh, that he and Jackie hooked up when they were when they were in high school, but she doesn't really remember it. Um, so he comes around. He's kind of like a, we don't like this person. But so that's why they're kind of like avoiding yeah. him. I'm trying to find out what the name of his show was. The Jackie Thomas show was his. That's what it was. So he can't he he kind of left this show to do this this solo show Jackie Thomas show as the character Jackie Thomas he leaves Roseanne Jackie Thomas show does not do well it's he like actually notorious comes, failure like yeah he comes back to Roseanne as Jackie Thomas and not Arnie <laughs> and people people like the joke is that the characters do not recognize him as being the same person as Arnie okay uh but he's he's just kind of like hubris of this show (laughs) yeah so he's the hubris of the show to be like this is my boyfriend he's going to be a writer and we're making a a character two characters (laughs) yeah two characters but then yes we do get the costume reveal and it is uh dan and roseanne are a dead ventriloquist and the dead dummy it is in the tradition of great ventriloquil, Dedger Bergen and Mortuary Snurd. Yeah, I like, I like Dedger Bergen. Wait, who is Mortuary? What's that a riff on? Mortimer Snurd was another one of Edgar Bergen's. He was okay. the, the the hick, the dumb and, hick. And uh, was Candace Bergen more loved than that one or less loved than that one? What was I, the I, ranking? I would say the, it, it was uh, Charlie McCarthy was number one. He had yes. his own room. It was bigger than Candace Bergen's. Then I would say Candace. And then okay. more to Mercenary. Okay, cool, cool. Just so make sure we get this all cleared up, which is just a wild <laughs> fact that it's like, yeah, Murphy Brown was, her yeah. older brother was a dummy. I'd <laughs> still say that Edgar Bergen, would you say, okay, would you say that Edgar Bergen or um, Jeff Dunham is the is the more famous ventriloquist? Oh, well, Jeff Dunham now, just because the kids nowadays. Kids know. Kids don't even know. What, what would they know Edgar Bergen from? Muppet movie? No. Yeah. Muppet movie. Um, um, I mean, I <laughs> I only really know him from, like, you know, retellings of the Charles Manson murders. Because wait. Candace Bergen lived in the house, right? She had moved out. And then the Tates moved, right? Like, um, it was Candace Bergen's house at some point. Yeah, I, I do think believe. That, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, because she was dating Terry Melcher, and Terry Melcher was the producer that snubbed Charles Manson. Uh, and that's that's what is believed is that Manson was going to send people to that house to kill right. Terry Melcher. Um, <laughs> I love this the... little game of telephone we've gone from Roseanne to Tom Arnold to Edgar Bergen to. <laughs> I got to check something real quick. Charles Terry Melcher was the son of Doris Day. Oh, <laughs> go back and listen to our Doris Day episode um, where she tries to look half as pretty as I do. Um, <laughs> so on that little tangent, uh, we did get some really some actual funny jokes yeah. between uh, Dan and Roseanne. My favorite being... Uh, I hear Jackie's a truck driver, and that's a reversal because now she's uh, she sits in the front seat with her feet on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. I love it. Um, and I, I also it. I also weirdly think that Dan is cute as his uh like leisure suit zombie with the powder blue and the ruffle shirt. Just <laughs> I don't know. John Goodman's uh. handsome. Um. <laughs> I can't help it. But this is the costume that Roseanne was keeping secret. And the tubing is because uh, Dan takes a drink of water and it all spurts out of holes in uh, Roseanne's body. Yeah, it's an old water trick. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the plot happens, like the plot that that is extremely plot. No one really cares about. It's that the neighbor, uh, Kathy Bowen and her husband show up dressed as clowns and Roseanne mm-hmm. has it in her head that they're trying to get her back for scaring the uh, Kathy with the dead Dan thing, which to reference the opening like that, as like, a, as like a major part of the episode, that doesn't happen a lot. 
Yeah, especially yeah, the opens a, its own little thing, and especially yeah, a show like then, Roseanne, where the plots are just kind of it, the show is written in a very bizarre non sitcom structure, like that it's just kind <laughs> of things happen, and so the fact that there is something is interesting. Just kind of things happen, but also what's happening is that Jackie is flirting with a moose. Jackie is flirting with a moose. <laughs> I love all the shots of like. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm trying to get that moose to take his head off. And it's just like, hey, I'm a moose <laughs> from he's, across he's the room. Trying to, and, and Jackie, uh, who's like 35 years old, I looked it up and I'm like, I'm older than Jackie was in this. And yeah. I have a crush on Jackie. Yeah. Um, well, Lori Metcalf. Oof. But th- she's trying to convince like Roseanne, you know, to 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 let let it go. Don't follow Kathy. She's being weird. And John Goodman says, uh, I'll be at the bar. If I'm not back in 15 minutes, I'll be at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> There's some great. good lines. There's some good zingers yeah, I here. I love that. And what, well, when you do find out, like the moose plot does continue a little bit just because we find out who the moose is, which I clocked from the voice alone. I could tell. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was Booker. Season one character Booker, uh, played by George Clooney. Just a good uh, three years before ER. Yeah. So the things that I'd seen him in were uh, uh, Return to Horror High and um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes 2. Oh, and he was also in the episode of the Golden Girls. <laughs> so yeah. Knew from Golden Girls. Yeah. And he, and, I mean, this is also, I mean, George Clooney is a, a handsome fellow. I'm going to say not really so much here. Got kind of like a greasy hair. I don't know. It's not. It's it's interesting to see George Clooney looking. It's all. It's also wild to watch George Clooney playing a character that someone is like, "No, I don't want to fuck you." I also like. I noticed it too. I clocked it. I said I had at the at the top of my notes. Clooney has shitty posture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Which it's, is very. Weird... I don't know. It's very unlike me to be. <laughs> he has Drag shitty him. Posture. Read him. Uh, um, it, it's so, an interesting little Clooney turn. Yeah, and their their plot really goes nowhere. It's the, no. it's kind of like, oh, Jackie, why did you dump me? And he, she goes, well, you were seeing someone else That'll while we were it. dating. And he goes, oh, so it was me. And they maybe he comes back in like future episodes. And I really think he does because he's a recurring character in season two as uh, season mm-hmm. four. He was um, their boss at the factory. Yeah, so he's but then the scene that scene disappear like there there's no closure she yeah. doesn't say let's give it a shot she doesn't say goodbye it just ends it it's gone it, anything could happen next episode um, and it does <laughs> <laughs> but then uh well i mean most like, of the rest of the elks lodge scene is just roseanne like she follows uh the neighbor into the bathroom like she's like eyes on her trying to make sure that she's not gonna get him back yeah, and it's it's not it's not something that I'm really invested in. I don't think I don't even know if it was something they wanted the audience to be invested in because it's just such a minor thing. Yeah. In, I don't know. It's and Dan even talks to to Kathy's husband and and he's like, nah, she's not going to do anything. She doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> the, only person, the only person trying to raise the stakes is Roseanne, and it's it's not working. It's not doing no, yeah. well. <laughs> now, when they get back from the Elks Lodge. Uh, then they go back home. They were they're getting into bed. Roseanne's washing off her makeup, a thing that I know nothing about. You know, you natural. keep that on all the time, twenty four seven. This is my natural beauty. Um, uh, they open up the covers, and there's just a fuck ton of snakes in their bed. <laughs> what? Like that is wild. And we find out that it was the kids. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the tension of, oh, Kathy did this is immediately diffused by Becky going, no, I did it. <laughs> and then Roseanne's very proud of her um, for doing it. But I'm also like, what, what, what? There is a B plot, an unseen B plot of the kids being like, how do we get our hands on eight snakes? Eight live snakes. In an evening. Yeah, and Roseanne does. Roseanne says, "I just bought that bed. Now it's got snake sweat on it." And also, like <laughs> they're brave enough, I wouldn't be touching those snakes. You, Becky's a snake wrangler. All of a sudden, like, well, if they're if they're non poisonous snakes, I feel better about it. I like. Uh... I don't have problems with snakes. 
You just never know. You never know if they're poisonous or not. You can try yeah. to do like the shape of the head or the shape of the eyes. And I can't do that. That's how men tell if I'm poisonous or not. Ah, Ooh, nah, uh. <laughs> you're going to go steal uh, Jonas Jameson's money. Oh, give me them dollars. Give me them Spider-Man photos. Rare. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it isn't. The neighbor is the kids. Roseanne's really happy. The snakes stay in the bed, question mark, forever. <laughs> she just says, get the snakes out of the bed. We go to a commercial and it ends with Dan and Jerry Bowman. Jerry Bowman is Kathy Bowman, the neighbor's. Husband. He's the neighbor. He's Kathy yeah. Bowman's husband. Kathy, we've been talking about this, but I didn't recognize him because at the at the Elks Lodge, he's covered in clown makeup. Oh yeah, so I didn't he's recognize him makeup. either as the as the husband. <laughs> he's just out of clown makeup, and I'm like, oh okay. And I I recognized him because I looked him up, and he he was in uh, McHale's Navy, the movie with Tom Arnold, the remake of the um, uh, Sergeant Bilko, right? right? No, no, uh, Ernie, <laughs> uh, right? Yes, I yeah, and so it's it's a, it's a nice. fun little scene where like they're setting up a trap, a good old fashioned like they they set a box with no real kittens, right? No real kittens, just a right. tape recorder good, of kitten you know, of a kitten, and they're like, okay, Roseanne will hear it, she'll open the door, then this like bucket of fake blood or whatever will fall on her. And then well, that's what we think is going to happen. And it is a nice, funny little twist of like. Them, they're watching and Dan's narrating, like comes to the door, sees the cat, looks up, sees this is a very bad trick, or like sees this very obvious yep. and then calls Becky. And Dan is like, oh, yay, she's going to she's going to get her back. Like that's. a, Yeah. And that's uh, I got to say, I was kind of underwhelmed by the episode. Uh, despite the star power of Tom Arnold, George Clooney, and like a cast that went on to do like incredible things. Laurie yeah. Metcalf is a force of nature. Like uh, Sarah Gilbert did over 1500 episodes of The Talk. Like, yeah, I mean, this is an iconic show, uh, you know, and I, oh, and uh, uh, John Goodman, I'm righteous gemstones at the moment. Love. Uh-huh. Uh one it's one it won multiple Emmys and Golden Globes. And I just I don't know. This episode left me left me feeling a little bit unimpressed. I guess I could have gone with the one because there's there are a lot of iconic Halloween ones. I don't know why I picked this one. So sometimes Halloween episodes drift into like fantasy land and and I don't like those. I'm like, let's keep Family it matters. grounded in reality. Family matters. Well, okay, Steve is killer. iconic. The killer doll, <laughs> and also, mm-hmm. and also, Family Matters has the one where they're um, vampires uh, in the like 18th century, uh, <laughs> which is also great. God, that show. Um, so I don't know. I wanted to do this one for some reason. I don't know. You know what? We all make Tom mistakes. <laughs> it's got the great pedigree. Uh, it's got it's got Tom Arnold. It's an episode with George Clooney. Uh, Amy Sherman Palladino wrote it. She is she is a like a superstar writer yeah. producer. Like it should be firing on all cylinders, and it's it's okay. It is like it feels like this is an average episode of Roseanne, where like you know we showed yeah. up, they wrote a script, we got jokes, we did our best. You know we have fun. Like it starts with an iconic Roseanne prank, which I think that that that, that scene has probably been like chopped out and like you know shown in maybe like that's where shows. i've seen it yeah like it feels I, I, like it's the kind of I thing of like it. tonight an hour of sitcom halloween moments you know <laughs> or <something. laughs> um yeah so like it, it is but then it goes into the you know the the episode proper and you know we don't care about this getting her back we don't care about this getting her back plot line <laughs> not at all not one bit uh but um, I have no must-have facts. I can do some must-have facts. We I do know the lineup. I know we know the line, the ABC lineup for that night, and what was going on at the same time. Oh yeah. Um, uh, how do you okay. usually do? I can, I can try to. Well, yeah. So, to be- <laughs> so uh, the the lineup for that night on ABC. This is a Tuesday on ABC. 
And this is all heavy hitters. We're talking Full House, followed by Home Improvement, followed by Roseanne, followed by Coach, and then Homefront, which is a show I do not know anything about. And seeing as how they lost half of the audience from Coach, I don't think uh, many people know anything about that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but oh, so what are you going to watch? Wait, do, yeah, you read these this to me. Well, uh, what are we going to watch? It's it's ABC has Roseanne. I don't have uh, CBS has Rescue 911. Well, I'm sorry. CBS has a movie Locked mm. Up, A Mother's Rage, starring Cheryl Ladd and Gene Smart and Angela Bassett. The Wild. Plot it's a good cast. That's crazy. Uh, a single mother is wrongfully convicted of selling drugs, leaving her three children in the care of her overburdened sister. While in prison, she battles for freedom and helps expand the visiting rights of children of incarcerated mothers. Okay, it, it takes a weird turn. Uh, and then NBC had In the Heat of the Night, an hour-long uh, show starring Carol O'Connor from yeah. All in the Family. What was the theme song of In the Heat of the Night? So I feel like I remember that, but... I never saw it. Um, yeah, no I will admit that. Yeah. I'm but watching it was like a, like a crime show. <laughs> yeah. There were cops. I mean, I just saw, I saw there were cops. I am 100% watching Roseanne because this is a great night of television. Full yeah, House, I, Home Improvement. I mean, honestly, that first hour, I was 100% watching that when it aired. Those yeah. two episodes. We had... Uh, I would I would sit there and probably watch the entire ABC lineup up until yeah. Homefront. Well, up until Roseanne in my house. Oh, then you'd you have to watch Turn It Off, or or you have to watch Locked Up: A Mother's Rage. Yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> they're going to make you watch that and understand the visiting rights of children for of incarcerated mothers. The plight, teach me. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, I would, had... my parents didn't care. We'd be watching Roseanne. Who had the must-see performance in this episode? Surprisingly enough, not Tom Arnold. Oh, wow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why he was there. I read his autobiography. It's very, like, look, he's like, look, I fucked up a lot in my life, and I'm going to fuck up again, but you know what? I'm trying. And I, I, I want to say that from everything that I've seen and heard, he's getting his shit together, and he's got a family, and I think he's on the straight and narrow. Must see performances, Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, just from the we look like the Jets from Hell line alone. That is yeah. great. You uh, you you could you could like film her like painting a, a stool, and I'd be like, "That's really good. This is hilarious. Great. Oh, unbelievable." Would you say her? Or would you say John Goodman? Because I know you're a John Goodman fan. Well, yeah, but like he doesn't really do as much in this episode as Jackie does. He is cute in it. Uh, but when is he not? Uh, but, you Jackie know, I think does Jackie... have a B plot. Jackie has a B yes. plot. Dan doesn't. The moose is funny. <laughs> the moose is the moose is funny. The 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 ventriloquist bit. That was funny. I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll give it that. Um, but, uh, oh, huh. On IMDb, 295 people rated this episode an 8.2 out of 10. Would you agree? Go higher or lower? I'd go lower. I don't think it held together as plot very well. I'd give it maybe a 6.2. Oh my God, that's a lot lower. I would it's say 7.2. Let's go. Uh, just because I, I, you know, I think that for a Halloween episode, it gave you the spoon. I mean, yeah, let's say most other people see this episode of television at Halloween. Maybe. Sure. Nah, I mean, there are <laughs> other Roseanne episodes that are or other Roseanne Halloweens. Maybe. Maybe. Definitely maybe. Um, Definitely maybe. I, I don't know. I, my time is precious. I would not watch this this again. Oh wow! I mean, I think watch the first scene. Yeah. I mean, that's the iconic thing you probably seen. But and the ventriloquist act, Elkala, But I don't. I mean, that's also most of the episode. Like it really not that much happens. Yeah. Uh, you can catch it if along with all the other Roseanne's on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is on Peacock. I got I got served an ad for Bravo. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry. Ooh, Ooh, we should watch not, some Real Housewives, a franchise not, that I... I am not used to Bravo. I detest. I am not used to that at all. <laughs> I don't understand it. And looking like I, as a gay man who looks like a housewife right now, it is shocking that I hate all that stuff, but I do. 
Well, and we should totally watch it and be miserable. I would love it. <laughs> uh, and most of the people see this episode who had the most. Yeah, I mean, is that is that all the bits? I that, we, we covered all the bases with no notes. You did great. Oh, my God. But there, who knows what weird Halloween uh, tips and tricks uh, that they were put in newspapers that I didn't find. Uh, we botched this Halloween. This is the worst Halloween ever. Well, I need to look at the scheduling of episodes, but we're either doing a normal 50s episode or a 1950s Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> we'll fucking see. Do you um, think there were more 50s Thanksgiving episodes because like the because of the you know intense love of patriotism and America and American yeah. history from the 1950s that was pumped into schools and media to combat communism in Korea? Uh, and Russia, or do you think that Halloween got? I I know the answer to this. There were no Halloween episodes in the fifties. It's very slim pickings for Halloween. I think there is a Father Knows Best. I've watched, you know, I've tried to watch a lot of them, but my oh, God, man. if it was a Father Knows Best, we watched one Father Knows Best, and it was the Christmas episode, and it was literally the most maudlin <laughs> thing we'd seen yeah. besides Family Affair. Still, let's someone. Give me, maybe Family Fair is a Thanksgiving episode. Oh, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> lots of the, jokes. What's the body can't, count? Can't wait to hear Jody and Buffy's thoughts on the first Thanksgiving. And oh boy, o- only four uh, people die. Syphilis blankets. Oh no, <laughs> Jody, stop, Buffy. Um, Buffy, stop. God, what a weird show. Although, uh. <laughs> One of them, oh my god, I just, one of them did the voice of, maybe it was a Brady Bunch in the Brady Bunch cartoon? I don't know, I was reading something and I saw, Family Fair came up in my life recently. <laughs> Please pray for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. It latches uh, in, it's like mold, it just latches in and just grows. Well, family Fair. You put a Family Fair something on the internet, a boomer is going to comment and say, love this show. Because yeah. I follow a lot of like just sitcom like things on Facebook. And man, that'll happen. Love this oh, show. Oh, we did get a we did get a comment on our MASH episode. I'm going to do something that is not going to do so well. Oh. Uh we did get a comment from at Winter Wind. I've been meaning to leave a comment on the podcast for a while. But I keep forgetting since I listen when I'm out and about. Brett and Barb and Ethan, you've quickly become my favorite people to listen to while I go about my day. I came for the heart-to-heart content, more please, and was delighted to find I Dream of Genie, Friends, Bewitch, Step-by-Step, The Nanny, That Girl, Gilligan's Island, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Gidget, and a whole lot of others being discussed. Although I did not do any of those episodes with you Barbara, <laughs> I'm younger than both of you and not in the demographic of, of, of at the time viewers of these shows, but older media holds a special place in my heart. So it's such a treat to find people actively discussing the shows. You've also, it also introduced me to a lot of shows I've never heard of or have heard of, but never watched, which makes for an interesting. Those listen. are the ones you've done. <laughs> I like those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Life with Luigi and uh, yeah. Monty. Know, Life for Riley. Monty. Uh, I also really enjoy that you have a great balance between casual chat and on-topic discussion about the show. It gives me the feeling of being there listening in on a conversation without it veering off into irrelevancy. Keep up the great work. Thank you. It warms my little heart. Thank you so much. Comment on, please comment on, Mm -hmm. on the show on YouTube. Uh, you can send emails to an address that Barb's going to tell you because oh, I must I, have seen TV at Gmail, baby. Just very simple. The Google email server. It's great. Mm-hmm. God, I need a haircut. Something bad. Oh, my hair's awful. My hair is gorgeous. Your hair is great. I'm just going to. I haven't worn long hair in a year, probably. Um, yeah. And God damn, I'm God. It's crazy. <laughs> um, it is what like. I, I am beautiful. I'm a beautiful woman at all times uh, when I'm wearing my short hair. But when I put this wig on, it was like, holy, it was like, it, I finally understood how straight men feel about looking looking at Jessica Rabbit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> except that I was the woman and the man. Well, um, currently, currently, you're you're uh, you're dating Spider-Man and Spider-Man continuity. I believe so. I, I'm three months behind. Uh, yeah, that's what they books. are. And she was very uh 
very awkward around Mary Jane. Um, but they're it has fine. to they're be because Mary they're Jane, Mary Jane has been all these different things, and now she's married to a man she met in a different dimension, and they have two kids. It happens, you know. Life, <laughs> life, baby. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, Ethan, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk about family affair? You can find me. Don't don't talk to me about family affair. You can find me at Ethan K fifty five at uh, Instagram, and I'm on Blue Sky at Ethan K dot Blue Sky B L S K Y dot. We don't it's need all that. We don't confusing. need all that. We just need the it's name. It's just Ethan K. Um, Ethan K fifty five on Instagram and Barb. Where are you? Because I see you everywhere. I am all over the place, especially looking through your window. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can nice find me on Instagram. On <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Barb Hardly. Please also subscribe to my personal YouTube uh, at Barb Hardly on YouTube, where I'm just published posting a bunch of content. I did an unboxing video. Um, I did an I Got Ready Without You video, which is not a thing, but I made it a thing. Uh, I reviewed some comics and some Marvel Legends action figures. Barb contains multitudes. You are all things <laughs> to all people. And I am trying to justify spending all of the hours getting into drag by you, producing. You take, it, you take it from morning to night. You do as much as you can. You create as much content because that is your worth oh, as a human being I in this know, modern especially age. Especially right now. Yeah. Create that content. Uh, but anyway, thanks, everybody. Thanks, and everyone. Keep it spooky. And we'll see you next time. Thanks on to must have seen for, TV. Oh, oh yeah. Thanks, thanks to ACAST, ACAST for hosting sure. the podcast. <laughs> Bye, darlings. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 